amusement geeks and fellow Pilates lovers. Welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where we're having rich and every so often out there conversations about the movement and mindset of Pilates and how it just might help us all to be better humans and a happier community. I'm James Crater, and while I am mostly a movement investigator and consummate nerd, I'm also the owner of Evolved Body Studio in Sacramento, California, and your often co-host here at Thinking Pilates. I'm joined in this wild venture by my dear friends and colleagues, Chantel Lopez and Deborah Colway. Quick note before we get started, we love words. And sometimes in our enthusiasm, some of our favorite words happen to have four letters. We hope you love all the words enough that even if you're sensitive to the savory, you've enjoyed your time with us too much to care. So friends, whether you're relaxing, exploring, or in the midst of squeezing some kind of muscle, let's get ready to think Pilates. Hi, everybody. It's Chantel again, and we are doing our part two of the teacher's debrief for season two. And I am... I'm as excited as uh, our previous um, conversation and maybe a little more excited, honestly, because of uh, how wonderful the first conversation was with Allison and Yael and Deborah popping in at the end. But it's just such a sweet opportunity. And I said this in part one of the teacher's debrief to bring some of the teachers together who are listening to the podcast and, um, you know, kind of interested in what we are doing to reflect back, kind of take pause and reflect back on the impact. And I think that's really critical. And it's, it's critical for us in terms of, you know, listeners and people who are acquiring information and knowledge and insight to sit with the stuff that we're, we're receiving and to kind of figure it out for ourselves. So I feel like this is just such a sweet moment to do that. I mean, beyond it being revelatory and inspiring and just a really lovely conversation, I very much appreciate all of you coming on to speak with me today and to talk to all of the wonderful teachers and movers who are listening um, about how you were impacted by the guests and the conversation. So we have um, some people on the phone today who are very dear to me and um, my friend and colleague, MJ. Hi, MJ from Indiana. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And and my friend uh, Leslie. Leslie is from the Sacramento area. Hi, Leslie. Hello. Hi. And Erin. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. So we have just such a sweet mix of people. Um, I thought we would start uh, in the same fashion as part one and just let these beautiful ladies introduce themselves a little bit. MJ, would you uh, start us off? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So my name's MJ Gregory, and I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I'm a Pilates instructor. I've been teaching off and on for about 12 years. Um, I'm in the, my second certification, so I'm in the throes of some pretty intense work. I really love it. Mm -hmm. 
before I was a Pilates teacher, I was a Waldorf teacher in Boulder, Colorado. So um, what I think has been so interesting with how these two things tie together, all the wonderful podcasts and the philosophy that I've studied to become a Waldorf teacher. So I am so excited to be able to be in this conversation. Before I was a Waldorf teacher, I studied modern dance in college. So Mm. being a Pilates teacher allows me the opportunity to take the movement that I enjoyed doing previously and my teaching skills, I get to put them together. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, teaching Pilates is the best part of my day. I love it. Mm -hmm. What a great thing to be able to say, right? Yeah, (laughs) it is great. And I'm about to open my own studio. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Lucky girl. So awesome. Well, thanks for taking time uh, late on Friday to hang out with us and chat. I'm really grateful for that. Mm. Uh, Leslie, how about you? All right. So my name is Leslie Bears. I live in Lodi, California. Um, Relocated here a few years ago from the East Coast. I've been teaching Pilates per se for about a year, so I'm a relatively new teacher. In fact, I'm rounding the corner of my first comprehensive Pilates teacher training program, Um, and that has been a really exciting journey, and um, it's interesting listening to this podcast as sort of as a parallel conversation or parallel education, Um, sometimes contradictory. (laughs) We can talk about that. (laughs) And in in the best in the best way, yeah. Um, but it's sort mm-hmm. of like learning your ABCs and then proceeding straight to trying to read Kafka or something. So that's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but I've been a teacher um, for pretty much my whole adult life, um, starting with high school. And then I was a college professor for about a decade. And now I work with other college professors, helping them to reflect on and refine their teaching. So Um, Kind of like MJ said, it's really interesting to me to see where my two work lives overlap and how they're getting closer and closer together. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so, so super cool. Uh, Erin, what about you? Hi, my name is Erin Johnson. I live in Chicago, and I've been teaching for about 10 years. Um, I bought a studio last year and I'm almost at the first year anniversary of owning my own studio. Um, I run a teacher training program and before I was a Pilates teacher, I was a graphic designer and a fine artist. So Pilates is, is actually like emerging of my interests as well because I, I was not a mover before I um, became a Pilates devotee and then a Pilates teacher Um, I wasn't a dancer and I didn't do any sports. I liked books and drawing um, and staying inside. (laughs) I um, I had actually to use my eye though. Um, I did a lot of fine art um, drawing bodies and doing, you know, figure studies. So, so it's really interesting though, with the way that I kind of can see, see the body. It's a little different than um, I think than maybe some other people see it. Um, mm. So I have a particular skill set that's that's interesting to merge in the Pilates, you know, in the Pilates studio as well. Um, and 
the podcast for me has been really refreshing this season. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and we can talk about that more, but I've, I've, I have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Hey, I have a total confession, Erin. Until you said you were from Chicago, I didn't remember who you were. And I just Googled, I just Googled you and I just like, I'm smiling ear to ear to see your beautiful face on my computer screen. Okay. Like so lame, right? That's so lame. Like bad podcast host. You, okay. <laughs> total admission. And now that I'm like hearing your voice and hearing you, you laugh, I'm having like this visceral experience of having been like with you and touching you and watching you. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I just like, uh, and my happiness level just totally like way elevated. So I don't know, maybe it was meant to be, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad I was just kind of feeling like, Oh great. Here's this awesome teacher who wants to be a part of the conversation. But like, I just didn't, you know, I didn't make the connection. So hi. Hi. I just feel like I have to say hi, like hi again, like with real, you know, like knowledge, knowledge of who you are. Oh, sorry. I mean, you know, sometimes you've just got to out your stupid shit. So there we go. Totally appreciate it, Santo. Right, because I could have Love just it. like pretended, um, which I'm not particularly good at, but. Uh, okay. Well, you know, we're off to a good start. <laughs> um, lots of honesty and laughter is always a good start. So uh, I, I kind of preempted you a bit with this first um, question. And because we spent our season, uh, we launched with an episode uh, all about celebration, which was so awesome and, and kind of epic because it was a collage of all of these different um, teachers and people talking about what they're, what they are, you know, kind of inspired to celebrate in the coming year because we launched, you know, the second season in January. And then it, it's like when you set intent, it's kind of amazing to see how even unconsciously that theme uh, gets carried through and so deeply interwoven is my experience of the episodes and the people and the conversation, um, oftentimes without like a critical thought about like, well, we need to talk about celebration in some form. It's like everything kind of happened that way. Um, and, and really it just was so moving and so wonderful when I sit back and reflect on and how the season has gone. So my, my question for you ladies is, is there something that you feel like you really were struck by that you are currently celebrating within, you know, what you heard or who you heard um, from in the, in the season? Like what resonates in terms of this idea of, of celebration and, and taking that away from the podcast episodes? I think I'm ex- I'm celebrating. I, I don't. I don't know if I would really use the word celebrating just yet because I. It just sort of happened today. But I think I <laughs> really. I I just realized as I went through the different podcasts and put some thoughts down that I get to incorporate the philosophy that I spent studying to become a Waldorf teacher in my teaching to be a Pilates teacher as if that wasn't wasted time or 
or anything. In fact, it's they overlap a lot. So, for example, mm-hmm. the way you would think about a child and from Rudolf Steiner's perspective is very similar to how you would look at a Pilates student the way it has been discussed throughout the different podcasts. There's just so much more going on than the physical body. Mm-hmm. And the way the relationship between the teacher and the student is essential. So, for example, when I taught children, I thought of myself having a karmic connection and that I was serving. I wasn't someone's servant, but I was serving the child and that the child wasn't a blank slate, somebody who you fill up with information. The analogy for Pilates might be you don't do Pilates to someone. And so the drawing out from an individual, it is, so that it's really a lot more about the relationship. And I think I, I'm celebrating the fact that I get to relax into feeling more comfortable that what I'm bringing just as a human being to the table to have a relationship with my students. Yeah, I've got to come prepared. Yeah, I've got to know anatomy. Yeah, I've, I've got to know Pilates. But like, I get to soak up a little bit of what I want, which is human connection. And that's mm-hmm. what we all want. And that's what the yeah. child wants with the teacher and to be seen, to be heard, to be respected, to be loved. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was spoken like with Chandler or with Brooke, like, Hey, I get to, sh- I get to go to work and, and love people today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked about this particular thing uh, in the in part one in regards to Brooke and how um, uh, she said, uh, you know, that tenderness is like the most powerful thing in the universe. Um, and I'm not looking at that specific quote, but um, you know, something to that. And I, yeah, it's tenderness may be the most powerful force in the universe, is what she says. And yeah, and, and I think you're right. Like all everybody in their own way. And I just think about I can't think of a specific quote uh except for maybe something that he said at the end but John Sharkey, my experience of him was like, "Oh, my god, this person is so wide open." Like so generous and so kind and you know, he talked about his kids at the end and you know, just in the same way, you know, showing up to do something sweet and good and, and to share that with people. It, it was, it was in, it was in every single episode and it's, it's pretty freaking awesome. Could I add to that? Yeah, please. So my next question that I'm working with is, so then if you think of the uh, if you think of the human being with whom you're working with as a spiritual being how mm. do you or another way of saying that is student centered teaching like i really right. don't quite know how to do that part like okay i'm acknowledging that there's this other layer going on like mm-hmm. you know the the secret agent pilates instructor really just doing some spiritual work but like I, how do i 
so now totally. how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. So how do I do this other part? Like like yeah. the living reality of it. Yeah. And then that's what I'll end with. Yeah, no, it's it's so perfect because I think that is uh so I've just like you know, particularly I've been with Deborah for a long time now and James and I specifically with a couple of other really wonderful teachers are are talking about this exact thing and like it you can see that it is in people like it is a thing that is coming uh becoming uh, more clear to teachers of returning I think to like I'm a human being with a human and they sense that that is a reality and it's important to consider, but it's this question of like, how the hell do I actually do that? Because what I am trained to be is a Pilates teacher. And the assumption is that people are not coming there for work, like to do work on themselves. You know what I mean? Like spiritual self-inquiry. And I just, yeah, it's, it's a conundrum. And I think a lot of teachers and not just right now, like not just in, in like the, this current moment, but I think that for a long time in our profession, teachers come up against this question and they decide it's just too uncomfortable. It's just too hard to find an answer. It's too big of a shift. It, they don't know how to do it unless it's explicit and being explicit is not working within our scope. I mean, you, but it's possible, right? But they turn away Mm -hmm. from it because it's too Mm -hmm. big of a question. Um, But I think, and for myself, it's like more and more and more, like I'm interested in teaching teachers how to do this because Mm -hmm. it's possible and it's possible Mm -hmm. to do it in a way that is completely in alignment with, what our scope of practice is, you know, and you'll choose it or not. Like, right. I mean, teachers will like be into it or not. It's like people will like this podcast because there's that right. Or just like our particular slant on things, which is, you know, a a bit different than, Mm -hmm. you know, other, other things that are out there. So it's a great question. And it's the question, Mm -hmm. I think really for me, it's the question that I've been working with for a long time. And, you think and there, that, yeah, go ahead. Do you think, no, no, I think Brooke said a little something that was a juicy nugget when mm-hmm. she gave the specific example of the posture, like people come mm-hmm. to her and ask about posture all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And then she gently wove into the example how she helps them to see how the pelvis is helping them to lift up the torso or something like that. And that that what they're finding is, um, oh, there's support in me. And that's where it's coming from. It's coming from within. And that's more than just a physical thing because it's more than just structural. And that that was like a spiritual experience. There's something greater about them now that wasn't there before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think remember? that's, yeah, I do. I do remember yeah, that. Actually, I, 
Go ahead, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I was just going to jump in ahead. and build on what you're you're saying because that episode really resonated deeply for me as well. And at one point, you all asked Brooke, "What is our mission?" or some 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 version of that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Deeply seeing the humans in front of us with tenderness." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Let people be human yeah. be- beings, and not problems to solve." And it was so interesting for me because I was listening to that episode on my way to teach a Pilates class with a private client. On the way there, because I'm still a relatively new Pilates teacher, I was going through my head, the exercises and this piece of the body and what spring and this and that. And it was kind of stressful, actually, just running through that in my head. And then she said that line, and it was just such a beautiful reminder that, you know, this is just movement and it's movement with history and a really serious toolbox, but it's movement. Right? Yeah. And it is relationships and human beings and everything that you both just said. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, she, uh, in her new podcast, Bliss and Grit, they talk, you know, if this is something you all are interested in, they talk a lot about this fixing mindset, like culturally, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not just like in Western culture, but I think, you know, in a, in a lot of parts of the world, we see ourselves as something to be fixed. And then, mm-hmm. of course, as uh, teachers of movement, I mean, Pilates in particular, there is an underlying um, assumption, right, or, mm-hmm. or desire or um, I can't really think of like the right word um, to to fix people, like, right, to get them out of pain, to fix their posture, to fix their alignment. And I think it takes, it just takes a shift. You know, it's important that we are training our people uh, within our method. Obviously, there's so much value in it. And there is more, right? There is more. And and there is more beyond just fixing. Um, And I think that's not just a shift that is required of us as teachers, but it is a required shift for the student. And uh, for me, I see so much of what I do, like it's not my job, but I am deeply uh, inclined to, as a priority, begin to open up, like how can I open up their field of uh, belief of their own potential so that they don't get fixated on like, if it doesn't look like this, then there's no value. And Mm -hmm. that I think comes from the fixing mindset. And Mm -hmm. Brooke, you know, she just, it's her jam. Like it's what she talks about. So she expressed it really beautifully. And I think so many of the guests this season hit on that in their own unique way with their own language. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really was moved by. Um, I think mm-hmm. about Pete Hamill um, and Blossom, you know, just like people from very different perspectives, but but basically like saying the same thing. It was, yeah, it's like makes my heart like kind of race in excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Can I comment on that? Please, Erin, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, about um, – Chandler's episode and how he was talking about stewardship and that, you know, that reminds me a little bit of the stuff that he was talking about in that episode 
Um, and, you know, and, and just what, while you were speaking just now, thinking about the, you know, that impetus to fix and fix and fix and like, you know, with, with clients, you know, and, and also it brought me back to something in Blossom's interview was she had that moment she was talking about, she had this client and she was trying to make this guy strong. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. and he had, he said to her at the end of the session, he said, listen, you're going to have to do something different. If you want me yeah. to come back, I'm just coming right. to move. And <sighs> she was, she, you know, she made me laugh because um, she's Blossom, but also that story was funny because it, it's happened so many times with me where like, Seriously. you know, when I, earlier, like when, you know, when I was a younger teacher, I think, and maybe even sometimes now just thinking that you think, you know, what the person wants and, Mm -hmm. or just maybe just thinking what you want to give them because they, they think this is what Pilates is. And then you're like, Oh, they just actually want to do this. Like, you know, like I have a woman who has, you know, a pelvic obliquity, but like, it, it doesn't bother her at all. So we just do Pilates and we don't hyper focus on, you know, fixing it because she has three kids and she has one hour a day to come in. She's a, she's an OBGYN. She's a doctor and, you know, and she just wants to learn Pilates. She doesn't, you know, want to hyper focus on her pelvis and you know, mm-hmm. she's okay with doing that. But then I was like, Oh, she's much happier when she moves a lot more. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of is, is that, that trying to, feel like the person's personality and see what they want. And, 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 you know, that whole spirituality of it, trying to be as a teacher, like trying to intuit what that person needs. And I think that's a little bit of, of a part of our job, you know, is, is coaches to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too, for sure. And you and I had a good session too. I don't know if you remember, we were working on some, some particular things. I actually didn't remember really uniquely till just now. I was like thinking about it while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we were working on kind of free movement, which I was telling mm-hmm. you was like not not my strong suit because I didn't grow up yeah. as a confident mover. And you right. had a great way of helping me with that, like totally non judgmental, you know, I'm like I'm a movement teacher, but I'm really comfortable in like a rigid routine and you know, you had a great way of like non-judgmentally and like creatively getting me to a place where we could find some new unique movements. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I remember it really distinctly and it's, you know, it was one of those moments where you can, you, and you were really honest too, which is always so helpful, you know, when there's, when you're working with somebody who's at least able to kind of um, gain like have the insight and then, and then articulate it, you know, to you as the teacher, it's obviously like more than half the work, but it's, you know, it's interesting because we all have these things, right? Like these beliefs about what we can do or in what context we are most successful slash comfortable, right? Those two things are perpetuating each other. And some, I just feel like Every time a student shows up, I really, really try to acknowledge, like, I have no idea what this person's potential is. I just have no idea. And the truth is, all of us, like, none of us really know what our own potential is. And I just see that over and over again. And it's like, well, you know, like, it's not, it doesn't have to be any particular way, but, but like it could be this way, like, and this way could be valuable. 
And if I can craft a moment or an opportunity to get the student to find that or acknowledge that or experience that for themselves, because me telling them, right, like, you know, we, you took a class with me too. And it's like, I, you know, it's like, then I'm, we're in class and I'm like talking to you a little bit about, you know, extension. I remember that. And, you know, it's like, I could tell you all day long that if you did it a different way, it might be more beneficial, but it's like, it doesn't mean anything until you can feel it and see it, you know, and have that experience for yourself. It's, yeah, I mean, it's the best for me. It's like, it's the best thing. Uh, it's the best thing about teaching is that, mm-hmm. that moment, that opportunity. Yeah, if I could actually jump in, one of the threads that I feel like ran through this season, and Brooke might have articulated it most explicitly, but I feel like it was was inherent in all of the conversations, was unlocking body agency. And Mm -hmm. she, I think she used the words finding wonder and delight in the body Mm -hmm. and in movement. Mm -hmm. And I think certainly, even explicitly in a few of the conversations, the idea of de-shaming the body came through loud Mm -hmm. and clear. That was really powerful for me. And I thought about some group classes that I've taught recently and ways that I can try to help my my students unlock that agency and de-shame the body and just ideas that we have around the body. Um, And one student who had come to my group class and it was the first time afterwards, she said, I just want to thank you. I, I realize I've been kind of asleep and I feel really awake in my body right now. Mm. And (laughs) that was a wonderful, that was sort of like, yes, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Waking people up to their own potential. Right. I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, um, what feels, you know, like relevant about that in the episodes I mean, Jenna. Yeah, go ahead. I recall James saying something during the um, Chandler Stevens podcast about shame. Do you all remember mm-hmm. that? Like he was described, Chandler was describing the house that had a room that was decrepit. And the analogy was that to the human body, it would have been, you know, the frozen shoulder. And mm-hmm. so he was saying, you know, oh, hey, I'm fine. Everything about me is just great. It's just my shoulder. It's it's just my sh- my bum shoulder. I I don't. And mm-hmm. that. And then I think Chandler started to say, well, imagine telling that person to say that. I think he walked it down a series of sentences. Help me remember. But it was something like, I'm holding myself back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess. I've been thinking about like, okay, I've got plenty of peeps that I work with for whom they're, you know, that's their special knee or that's their special hip or whatever Mm -hmm, it is. mm -hmm. And I spend a good amount of time thinking when I'm with them, like if maybe I'll gently put my hand on their hip because that's what we're doing, like feet and straps or something. And I'll just be thinking, I wonder what it really is. Mm -hmm. Like, because you're not really injured. Like, what is, what is it about this special hip that keeps, like, we always have to accommodate. We always have to modify. We always have to do fewer reps. Or today she's great and you, it's all going well. But a part of me spends time thinking, what happened? What happened to you? What is that? Mm. 
<laughs> like, like if that's an if that's an emotional something something, you know, because I have had people cry in Pilates before, where something just unleashes, and it's just time mm-hmm. for a good old cry after you've done back extension or something. So I feel like those. And, and do, actually, I'm asking: Do you all have that? Is that? Am I crazy? Yes, that has happened, yes. Yeah, Yeah, and I think in your episode with Chandler, you all talked about the acknowledgement of discomfort, the discomfort Mm -hmm. of change and finding ways Mm -hmm. to all be okay with that and seeing that as feedback or information that we can work with, right? Yeah, right. Like putting out the fire of, I mean, as you said, the shame or guilt or in, you know, whatever it comes up when we're uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of the, it's just one of the ways, right. That people, um, allow themselves to create limitations, right. Of their, of their potential because, Mm -hmm. you know, they have these, these other stories, right, that they're holding on to really tightly. Yeah, that was that was such a nerdy episode. God, that was so great. No, that so, that's when the shit got that. real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you would have, like, if you could have opened the door to our heads or our hearts, we were, like, on fire. Like, we were on fire and, and, and also, like, smoldering at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, things got, it, it was, we were a little bit, um, we were in quite the space when we talked to Chandler and it was, and it was good, right? It was, it was really good. Um, what else, what else? Like, let's talk about, like, there were so many funny moments and I, I just don't, like, I don't have anything in particular. I I was just going to say, um, when you said anything funny, the episode with Blossom was the one that immediately came to mind for me. Yeah. I felt like that was, (laughs) That episode was like digging into a really great memoir. It was just such Mm -hmm. fun storytelling and it had all kinds of twists and turns and inspiration and history. And it was like a twofer episode because we learned a lot about Kathy Grant and a lot of the funny stories there as well. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Blossom is just, it was, you know, she's just someone that you want to hang out with. She's entertaining Mm -hmm. and yet there's this really deep, this depth of knowledge that also comes through, but in a no BS kind of way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And somebody you want to eat donuts with. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? The donut thing? Yeah. Donut yeah. I can't remember yeah. now if that actually made it into the podcast. Did it? Or was that it, yes, just it like did. pre-recording? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there just were so many um, really funny moments about the whole thing. Um, yeah, what else? Like what else was, uh, you know, there, I remember during the season, you know, and as the, as the, our audience grows, certainly this is happening more and more, but I'm getting like text messages and sometimes phone calls and emails about like, holy shit, that thing that so-and-so just said, like, what? Like I'm crying my eyes out or what the heck are they talking about? Like, I just feel like my brain exploded. Um, there were quite a few moments like that. Did you guys have any of those? I had I had a lot of those. <laughs> um, I had I had a lot of those, and mm. all different kinds of. I had like 
some negative feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm. I had some, um, uh, like, I loved how um, Chandler Stevens was idealistic. Like his Mm, idealism really spoke to me. And then I started thinking about all the different voices that I had been listening to and the ones that I resonated with had something in common, which was that they were willing to discuss some spiritual aspect about teaching movement Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was nice for me because you did ask everyone, why do you teach? And you had asked me that, I don't know how many years ago, and I'm still trying mm-hmm. to answer it. So I feel like I'm a little bit closer to being able to answer that. And so many of those people were really like able to answer it right away. Like Anula's answer yeah. was awesome. Like she wants, I think she said something like, I love it when people surprise themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Or Chandler. Chandler said something about, I want to make the world better. I mean, they had answers right away. Like, how cool was that? Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. And it's not just cool because they have an answer, but what's really cool is that they've given it enough thought, right? They've arrived in some way at an understanding within themselves about why they're showing up. And, And, you know, I think that's, I can say, I think with most certainty that everybody that we had on the show has had some pivotal moment of, of like feeling their way into that knowledge and that understanding. Um, and it just, you know, it happens for all of us at different times in our, in our careers and in our paths. And, but, but to begin to ask that question, it just like to ruminate on that, like, yeah, I don't actually know, or I only know halfway, or I think I know, but I'm, you know, like, I'm not always sure. It's, it is, um, powerful. Yeah. To be able to say why. Yeah. What else stands out or, you know, MJ, I really appreciate that you said like sometimes, I don't know, what did you say that, like positive reactions and negative reactions, you know? Yeah. So it's not just all like, you know, rainbows and sunshine, right? Sometimes I know when I'm I'm listening to a podcast, I'll catch myself like scrunching up my face and shaking my head. Like, what? That's just crazy. Like, I'm going to stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, was there any, not that I want you to talk negatively about podcast, obviously, but I mean, if we're having an authentic conversation, I am curious about all the all the things. I mean, I can't remember anything like negative reactions in particular, Shanto. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think that everybody has that when they're listening to certain episodes. You resonate more with certain parts of the conversation. Sure. And I don't know about, like, you know, too edgy. I just think that on Jenna's podcast, she kind of makes fun of it. She's like, this is a woo-woo moment, you know? Yes, For totally. me, it's those woo-woo moments where I'm like, oh, gosh, okay, guys, hurry up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, I yeah. want you to work. I want to hear the meat and potatoes, like, you yeah. know? And But that's part of reacting as a human and listening to other human beings, like, have their own emotional parts of the conversation. So absolutely, it's all, it's all good, even if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. And I think that's totally true, right? I mean, it is just, you gotta, you gotta roll with it. I mean, you don't have to, but it is nice. Well, okay. So there were a couple of things, right? Like Jenna's podcast about 
spirit I thought was great and I and um not like not what you might expect in the scope of the episodes and the scope of the podcast in general but um and to MJ's earlier point, here we are explicitly having a conversation about what this is maybe, right? And how it is manifesting for us as teachers and obviously in lots of different ways and, and maybe in ways that obviously we would not even think of as spirit, but more so like presence, right? Or attention or even empathy, I think a lot of times. So, so there was that, like, that's a little on the outside edges, right? If we're talking about Pilates and then, um, and then, you know, there was John Sharkey and, you know, I think he said some things that I know I got a lot of text messages and, and Facebook messages and whatnot about what, what the heck, you know, like, I think it's awesome, but it's changing. I have to start now thinking about things a fair bit differently. Hmm. Um, I, um, I had a hard time understanding him. I wanted to ask specifically, like he started to talk about, um, stretching and I was like, Oh, Oh, oh just say a little bit more. What? What? Like, Oh, oh just elaborate. <laughs> like I wanted him to hang out there and say some specific things. And then at another point he said something and then got sidetracked about lower back pain. I'm like, oh, are you coming back? <laughs> oh, come back. And so mm-hmm. I felt like there was a lot there was a lot there and mm-hmm. I I wanted to reach through the phone and just ask him, <laughs> What do you mean you can answer that question just by looking at someone? I wanna do mm-hmm. that. Well, how do I do that? What do you see? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, there was a lot there. There was there was a lot there. Did he answer about the stretching, and did I miss it? It was interesting. I mean, I think I think the thing that struck me and was affirming is that it's just it's a matter of language. Was his initial point? You know that we oh, yeah. have Semantic. taken. Yeah, we have taken the body, and you know we're working off of we're working off of essentially material that was like created a hundred years ago, like from like early dissections and, and, Uh and we have formulated language, but the language is not, it's old language for new understanding. And, and then there's, there's not just that, but there's also a sense of like from a community or professional perspective, right? We, um, and I think we talked a little bit about this, like the idea of assimilating information and how when we gather a body, we make a discovery, we call it something, we have to then put it together in a body of work and then we have to put it together in such a way that there's a consistency of language that can be shared and passed down. You know, that's the idea of like muscles stretch when the truth is they don't really stretch in the way that we all have been taught to perceive them as stretching. You know, it's just like the word is not adequate. It's not that it's necessarily wrong, but it's not fully accurate either. And, you know, he, so that, I mean, that was just like the beginning of that conversation. It was really just Mm -hmm. a matter of, of language and that our common understanding of how a muscle functions is, is not accurate. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's been almost like 
dumbed down too much. And that to me was like, you know, as somebody who teaches anatomy, it's like, yes, it's, yes, fundamentally. And you try to teach somebody that it's different. I mean, you know, MJ, you've been in this situation with me and, and you try to get to the, you try to get to the bottom of things and, and people are staring at you like, I, I almost don't even believe you <laughs> because I'm so, I'm so used to and ingrained, like I've been ingrained to believe that muscles stretch. So you're telling me that they don't. Well, it's like, I'm telling you that they don't do the thing that you think they do. They do something that might be perceived as stretching, but it's not quite what you have been mm-hmm. led to believe. You know, and he does, I feel like he does talk about that a little bit, although, you know, it's been a while since I've listened to that episode, so I can't say for certain. Yeah, I just re-listened to that episode, and he does he does speak to it quite well, um, and he talks, you know, he talks about ligaments and stretching and injuries, and he talks about, you know, the female anatomy stretching during childbirth yeah. and stretch marks. And, mm-hmm. you know, while I was listening to it again, I was thinking about people that do actual that, that stretching of their earlobes and things like that. And mm-hmm. how he was talking about if you're doing actual stretching, you really don't want to go to actual stretching. He was talking about end range of like end range of motion, you know, like the, the, the physiological actual, like, length of a tissue. Physiological. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, you don't want to actually stretch that beyond the natural potential because it won't ever go back. Um, right. Because it doesn't actually stretch like a rubber band. Correct. Yeah. And I yeah. think, I think you're right. It's just like that idea of stretching is so ingrained in our culture. Like, you know, somebody that you tell, uh, you talk to about stretching, will then go to their doctor and their doctor will tell them to go stretch, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, this authority and then everybody I know in the world will tell me, you know, everybody in my community and my family will say stretching. But this Pilates teacher told me that stretching isn't a thing. So that's, you know, <laughs> right. You know, so then they look at you like you have five heads or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as they should, right? I mean, as they should, it's like it's not actually the kind of thing that maybe you can just you know, like launch at somebody. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's good. And for sure, I think, um, it makes me just more conscious of this, this, like the, um, what a podcast is like, what, what we can expect from it. Right. It's like, it's the tip of the iceberg, right. It's Mm -hmm. like a, it's a a tiny look into someone, to somebody's life, to their work, to their, you know, a particular um, opinion. And, uh, you know, it does, I think, here's what I was thinking about earlier is if it's good, like if you know you've done a good job as a host evoking, like asking the right questions at the right time, which is not easy, by the way, um, Mm -hmm. you, you do have a gamut of like, surprises like it's kind of like Anula was saying about you know a student surprising themselves it's like when you get an answer that's surprising or you get an answer that leaves you wanting more like in the good kind of way or you get an answer that makes you really like furrow your eyebrows and go 
Like you feel, you feel inside yourself like, oh, that, hmm, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know if I'm willing to believe that, but I'm curious about that. I think, you know, all of this kind of juicy stuff is, is the stuff that brings us, uh, you know, like closer to, here's a woo-woo moment for you, um, <laughs> like closer to knowing ourselves better, you know, and, and, and potentially creates or um, perpetuates curiosity, which is definitely always one of my priorities with the podcast is, is to help teachers just like, just to nudge them, like keep nudging, keep nudging, keep nudging the way you think about teaching and the way you think about the body. I was just like loving this discussion about language and sort of pushing the edges. And, um, it's, the podcast I mentioned before was, is sort of like a parallel education for me as I finish my comprehensive teacher training. And in some ways, that's a confusing place to be. I, a lot of what is discussed goes over my head. And, you know, I just sort of let it sit there because I don't really fully speak the language of anatomy or Pilates even. Or maybe a better way to say it is um, I don't have as much to undo. And so things don't shock me as much. But I also have to look into them a little bit deeper and um, I know what questions to ask. I think that that's one way that the podcast has been really useful to me, but your previously you asked, you know, have you had any negative emotions? And for me, I think the closest thing to that would be sort of overwhelm, like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, now I have to go listen to all of liberated body podcast. And now I have to read that book and this book and that book. And it's like, sure. how do you actually finish my teacher training? <laughs> But that's also a really exciting place to be, and I I recognize that it's a privileged place to be because I'm just taking it all in with wide open eyes and a lot of curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good place. It really is a good place, I think. Um, Yeah. So is there... Is there anything is there anything else as we kind of wrap things up, ladies, that you feel like really moved you or uh helped you shift in some way, whether I mean, I don't know. Every time I do in one of the interviews, I feel like I come out of it shifted in some way with a new um a slightly new perspective or um, you know, something, something else to kind of get curious about. I feel very grateful for the podcast. Um, very appreciative because I teach in Indianapolis and don't necessarily always feel camaraderie. And sometimes I feel kind of isolated with my ideas or my thoughts or even just an everyday, like, hmm, how could I teach that better? Or just simple things, too. And so I mm-hmm. feel like when I listen to the podcasts, I'm suddenly united with mm. my people. And I have a community that of people that I didn't even know were thinking of things far beyond what I had imagined. It makes my world so much bigger. It makes my world so much better. I feel connected. And I'm so grateful. So thank you. Mm. Well, we couldn't do a podcast unless you all were listening. 
So thank you. I mean, we could probably, but it would definitely would definitely not feel quite as satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, yeah, I think I'd love to echo what MJ said, and um, I think our conversation took off, and so Aaron and I never actually addressed your first question, which is like what we're celebrating. And mm-hmm. I think all of these episodes for me leave me with a sense of hope and that's Mm. a beautiful thing to be left with. And whether that's because I've heard somebody's story of incredible resilience and triumph, um, whether we're talking about body intuition and agency or um, empathy and connection and community. I, I feel like each of these episodes in some way, shape or form underscores the importance of hope. Mm. So, so well said. Thank you for that. It makes me think of both the Heather Crosby, like particularly the Heather Crosby episode, which was really different, right? But such a true juicy story um, was so refreshing. And so, I mean, that was funny. That was funny as shit too. Her whole thing about, you know, Drago's and working with Romana um, yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. Erin, what about for you? Well, I, I mean, I think that I, I actually listen to tons of podcasts. I'm like a podcast junkie because I, mm-hmm. I don't, I have a car, I walk, so I walk everywhere and have my headphones in and listen to podcasts. And I think the best podcast for me, and I'm including this podcast in this, make me curious. So when I get to where I'm going, I want to get, run to the computer and look something up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, this season, there were, there were some people I knew, and then there were some people that I was not familiar with. So I wanted to go to my computer and like Google them and learn more about them and find information mm-hmm. on them. And, you know, it, it vastly increases your network. I, I think that I'm always, um, careful to, um, to, you know, not say I know a lot about something if I heard about it on a podcast because my my (laughs) friends and I, well, I'll listen to podcasts and we're like, I heard this on a podcast, you know, but then you have to go investigate and maybe learn more information about it sometimes, you know, depending on the topic. Also, I think that the way that the season went, I mean, I'll kind of echo some of the things that MJ um, and Leslie said was that I you know, I'm in a place right now where I've owned my studio for almost a year and it was, you know, I've been teaching for 10 years and I, um, you know, I, I finally became comfortable in myself as a teacher a few, you know, maybe like four years ago. And then just finding the confidence to be okay with where I'm at and what I'm doing, you know, things Mm. didn't go perfectly this year, but I'm okay with it. I'm still okay with like everything I do when I wake up and go to the studio and, you know, just just hearing all these different people that that have similar um, things that they think about, and you know, t- thinking about the the energy that is ex- exchanged between the teacher and the student. You know, it, it yeah. really it really makes me still you know excited to do what I do, and really excited like you know to have this vast network of of people that share similar feelings. So. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the podcast for me was laughing. It was curiosity. It was like, you know, I was re-listening to John Sharkey and, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I, I did a dissection with Gil Headley and he's very much in the same vein. And, 
Mm-hmm. I met John Sharkey at the PMA last year um, at the same the same workshop that the James was in and loved him. And, you know, so there were like moments of all different emotions, you know, during the, the season. And um, I learned so much about all these people, too. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I thank you guys for doing it because it was, you know, it's cool. And I, I think for me, it's up there with the Liberated Body podcast because that's that's one of my all-time favorite podcasts. Aww, and it, um, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it's just really well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I will say it feels like we're getting better. And you, I mean, like what else can you expect? Right? Can I like say that? this real quick? I hope this isn't yeah. bad, but on that, that you said that, I think it's better every season actually. Yeah. So this yeah. season was favorite. Yeah, totally. Well, right. It's like we're growing up. We're no longer babies. We're toddlers now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I will give ourselves, I will give us some credit, but, you know, I don't want to give us too much credit because I think we have a long way to go. But it's it's a wonderful experience and it, it is certainly a huge learning curve and a lot of work. And I would agree. We're definitely getting better with every season. And I think season three is going to just rock it. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really fantastic. And it, it's a, you know, it's a growth process, right? It's a journey. And so you just, you, you just keep plugging away. And if you, I think if you are, if you have the desire to continue to get clearer and clearer about the thing you're doing, it can only get better. And that's certainly my experience with the podcast. So thanks for that. Yeah, totally an appropriate thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much, really genuinely, for spending your evening chatting with me and reflecting back on some of the really awesome things that we were able to share. <laughs> thank you, Chantal. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you, Chantal. You're so welcome. Well, friends, that is it for us. And that is it officially for season two. You know, it's bittersweet a little bit because in a way, I just want to keep rolling. And in a way, I want to stop rolling. So looking forward to a very short hibernation period of percolating and crafting season three lining up our guests and starting those interviews for you. You can find information about our lovely guests from this episode in the show notes. As always, check out thinkingpilates.com. Show us some love. Let us know what you think, what's on your mind. You can do that a couple different ways. Like us on Facebook, Thinking Pilates Podcast. You can catch us uh, via email. That's thinkingpilatespodcast at gmail.com. Love us on Spotify and iTunes. Leave us a review. It's the easiest thing you'll maybe ever do to share your big-hearted appreciation for something that makes your life, if not better, then at least a little bit more interesting. Have a wonderful Thinking Pilates podcast hiatus. You have some time to catch up if needed, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Until next time, breathe deep and teach well.